Hello, my name's Dan Hughes from the Sporadically Bored podcast and also occasionally the Dice Tower. And you're listening to Board Game Mechanics, another podcast where two guys sit around and just talk about board games, really. Faithful fans of the show, we like to call you the Riveted. Welcome to this week's episode. I am Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what is going on? It is Jason. Jason, I don't really have anything zany to say up top here, man. I I think I've just done dried up the zane tank. (laughs) The zane tank. I just, man, I really don't know what to say. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I can rail on something if you want to do that. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be our hot takes are, are what are getting us listens right now. Yeah, I mean, this last week, everybody's been posting on Facebook an obscene amount about Wingspan. I haven't even played the game, but I'm already, like, I already hate this game. People are saying that it's going on eBay for 130 to $200. Really? For, yeah, that's for a set collection game? I have, like, eight of those I can go play right now. It's crazy. That's That's pretty dumb. I'm not going to lie. Um, my wife, actually, my wife, she, um, she's like, yeah, get this one. Cause it looks awesome. So I don't know. She buys into the hype maybe on this one. I don't know. She loves birds though. Well, she's a bird watcher. So yeah. And we have, I some, think I'll get it. We have some of the riveted that love birds too. And that, uh, that makes sense. I get that, but I don't know. It just seems way overhyped for what it is yeah. to me. I, I think it's a couple of things going on here. Um, one it is. Stonemeyer can't do wrong. I mean, they and they just they really can't. I mean, name the worst Stonemeyer game, and is it bad? No, not really. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, that's true. And then the other piece too is uh, I don't know. This always happens between print runs. People got to have that hotness, you know. I got to validate myself as a person by having that hot print run, and I, I'm past that. <laughs> like to be honest, I know I've been living by this ten board game rule this year. But I, man, if I didn't have that rule, I'm not sure I would have bought much this year yet. So I know it always starts slow and it gets better, but right, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. By this time last year, we had, I don't know, I guess maybe um, Rajas of the Ganges was new to us here in the States, kind of in early 2018. I almost said 2008. Man, I feel like I'm like an old person right now. <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like there's just not really been anything that I'm like, oh, there we go. Jackpot. Like. I really like playing Reckoners, but I don't think I'm going to jump at that, you know, super fast or anything. So I don't know. It's been an interesting year for games. Um, I guess I will say this too. Were you done talking about Wingspan, railing on that? Yeah, I don't want to get too crazy because Jamie's cool and Stonemaier's cool. But yeah, just irritated, I guess. Mildly irritated, not railing. But I'm going to wait till till Jamie can make more money off that game to buy it from him, you know, not buy it from some secondary market for triple MSRP or whatever it's going for. Right, yeah. I, I can wait, you know? So, I don't know. I'll be a real patient boy. So, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah. One of my local shops went out of business this week, which is crazy. So, I yeah, I don't know. This is the same shop that I, I guess I have kind of a personal beef with them a little bit that I went in there and I said, hey, will you, if I pre-order games, will you sell them to me at, you know, uh, 20% off MSRP if I do the pre-order and prepay? Which is kind of a standard practice. I mean, like most game shops, if you talk to them and say, hey, you just need to throw one more onto your order, you're going to make a good amount of money. 
I don't want to buy online. I do want to buy online, but I'm going to buy from you because I want to support you. And they do that. And I mean, out of the five shops in my area, all of them but them would do this. And so they were just real staunch about, well, we won't make as much money then if you get a discount for pre-orders and stuff. And so I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think some of the weaker shops are going to go. And I think that there's been just some indicators like along with the fact that I'm just not into anything that's come out right now. Um, we all are getting shelves that are just starting to fill up. And I don't know, like it just doesn't feel like there's as many new people coming to the hobby that there's just some really telltale signs that the bubble might be starting to bust a little bit, burst a little bit. So that's fine. I know that I'm going to stick with the hobby. I really have a lot of fun playing the games. Um, and I don't think I'm, I don't think most people are playing the games to be trendy or be cool. I mean, I think it's just a, a thing that we enjoy doing. So, so I don't know. It's just, it's just weird that a, a shop went out of business near me and it was just one that was always packed with people playing games in it, but no one was buying stuff. It seemed like, and their inventory was kind of weird too. They tried to buy games that were just broad appeal, but then those broad appeal games, like, most of the people who are going to pay that kind of money for them already own them if they want them. And I don't know. It's just you can't line yourselves with Ticket to Ride and Settlers of Catan and, and, you know, keep yourself in business, it seems. So RIP that shop. And I feel bad for the people who work there and tried to make this area that I live in a little bit better of a gaming community. But it just didn't work out. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky. Most of my shops are still open. So that's nice. I have three shops pretty close to me that I can go to. But if one of them went out, that would be kind of stinky. Well, and I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think we buy so much stuff online. We're going to see a lot of things shifting. You know, I think the way how we shop is just fundamentally different. And so I, I know that um, the guy who ran the gaming st- section kind of said, hey, unless we as a community can do something, we're going to be gone from having this, you know, board gaming space. And then he right after that messaged me personally and said, we really need to put a little board game shop in downtown in Goshen. And I thought, you know what? No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like I would do maybe a board game cafe where you can rely on maybe three sources of revenue. You have coffee there you're selling and you rent out board games for a couple bucks a piece. There's a quick way to inventory them to make sure you're not missing a bunch of pieces and and maybe sell books too or something. I don't know. So, I mean, I don't think a single stream bookstore kind of thing or board game store is going to be a, a thing that we're going to see a lot in the future. So, I don't know. That's I guess that's zany banter for you guys. <laughs> yep, it is. Well, anyway, I, we got a cool show ahead of us. Uh We'll jump right into stuff we played, some news, and in our future here. Um, Let's get into it. All right, so I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to talk about games in the news that I don't particularly care about, but they're kind of big and hot, so I wanted to mention them. So the first one is the Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina, or Machina, however you say it, animated special. Last time I looked at this, it had a whole pile of days left, like 20-some days left, and it was over $6 million. So people love Critical Role. People love animated specials. People love D&D, and I think that's why this one's doing so well. So if you're into Critical Role and you want to see them bring their characters to life in some kind of animated special or series, you may want to go check this one out. I'm not into it too much. I mean, I think there's other people who do podcasts that, our, our D&D campaigns that I enjoy more. I know they do a good job and they have a huge following. And I mean, like they've done it for a long time and I respect that. But um, yeah, this one doesn't interrupt my life at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it either. But Katie listens to the show sometimes and I've listened to a little bit of the first season. It's okay. They're good actors. But yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it's blowing the doors off of Kickstarter. 
Yeah, I, I like Foreververse quite a bit, which is I think you know Geek and Sundry works with them quite a bit. I mean, and uh, I don't know. I think they're cool because they do a bunch of different systems. And then obviously the Adventure Zone. I love those guys. So I don't know. This one's fine. And that's cool that they're making a lot of money off of it. Um, and this seems like kind of a legit way to use Kickstarter. Even though it's a huge Kickstarter, it seems like, hey, they're trying to start something new. And I don't have any grabs about that. So cool. Yep, I agree. Uh, the next game I wanted to talk about is a new announcement from Restoration Games. It was just announced, I don't know, sometime this week. And they're bringing back Star Wars Epic Duels, which is going for un- ungodly amounts of money right now on that secondhand market. And they're going to call it Unmatched because they clearly don't have the Star Wars licensing. And they're going to partner with Mondo Games and they're going to turn this into like a line of games. I think I saw that they were going to have like a maybe a Judge Dread theme or something. I might be mixing a couple things, but I don't know much about this game. I know that people have it and... They sell it for way too much money, but since this new one's coming out, everybody better sell their old versions really quickly or they're going to be worthless. I had a copy of this when I was a kid, and it's a fine game. I mean, I thought it was really cool when I played it when I was, I don't know, I think it came out in like the 90s, maybe late 90s, early 2000s, and I thought it was fine. I thought it was kind of cool, but I don't know. I <laughs> I definitely wouldn't pay secondary market prices for it, and I doubt I'll get it from Restoration Games because the Star Wars theme is what makes it so cool to me. Um, mechanically, it's fine. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is one of those things in the pile of like, you know, old, like beta magic, the gathering cards and this, that mob threw away when she moved. So, <laughs> uh, or gave to goodwill. So, uh, that goodwill find of, of star Wars duels. That was my copy, bud. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this like the precursor to like hero or something like that? Uh, yeah, it feels really similar. Um, I'll tell you what, the one game that I would love to see them touch more than this because it has i think it has more stuff going on for it outside of this theming is queen's gambit i mean i think that game's really cool um and i i I don't know man it's going for a ridiculous amount of money too so i don't know um yeah but the the, she did keep the uh uh epic lightsaber duels game that i had with (laughs) pewter figurines in it because she thought that might be worth some money someday so (laughs) The one you can buy for like six bucks at Big Lots still probably because they printed so many of them. So yeah, yeah. If these games weren't Star Wars, they wouldn't be going for nearly that much money. No, but, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, that's a story for another episode, for sure. <laughs> I am so far removed from the news out there. Um, I'm sure that the Oatmeal's newest Kickstarter's up to four billion dollars by now, <laughs> but I'm I'm just not paying attention right now, truthfully. So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for giving me some news, Jason. Did you have anything else? No, nope, that's all I got. I'm not really paying close attention to it either. But you're 100% my source of news right now. I'm in that <laughs> doldrums of of late winter kind of thing going on right now. So yep. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Jason. All right. So now I'm going to talk about a couple games, and I'm sure you're going to talk about some games that you like and played, or maybe just want to talk about. So I'll get started. Uh, the first game I played is a new game that's coming to Kickstarter from Japanime. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because this game is fantastic. And it is called Miraris, I think, or Miraris or something like that. I think it means mirror in Japanese or whatever language it's in. Um, so what this game is, is it's a simultaneous action selection. Here's, everyone's picking a card. They have numbers 1 through 10 in their hand. And they're trying to get these wonders that are out in the table. And you're, the numbers are ranked from whatever's lowest or closest to the deck is the lowest. 
whatever's um, farthest from the deck, the highest number we'll get. So say I play a one, another player plays a three, and another player plays a five. I'm going to get the card that's closest to the deck. The three will get the middle, and the five will get the highest. The rub here is if multiple people play the same number, nobody gets anything. And so you're trying to outguess your opponent, and then once you play that card, you never get it back for the rest of the game. It's played over eight rounds. takes about 20 minutes, but it's amazing. And the best part is it has like Marco Polo characters that completely break the game that are absolutely crazy and super fun to play. So I played this game probably four or five times and all the characters are just insane. They may be OP, but I love it. So Mirrorus, there'll be a review coming on our YouTube channel in a few days and the Kickstarter starts on the 18th of March. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Confirmation that we are in fact Japanime shells. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) No, we just have a really good relationship with those guys and they make some really neat little games, honestly. So this one, man, I uh, you were hyped to post about this right away. So I know that's a good game. So that's cool. And sometimes these games that we get that are like pre-Kickstarters or whatever are real dogs. And sometimes they're great. And I'm glad this one was good. Yeah, it's super good. We'll have to play it sometime because we can play it in like 10 minutes. It's it's really fun. Well, awesome. Uh, Jason, I'm going to talk about a game that is old. And I just, it's dawned on me that some people who are into games right now haven't played some of these older games. Um, And this is one that I want to mention because I just got it played recently and it was better than I remembered. And that is Power Grid. Um, This is one that I know you are like, yeah, I need to play that one. It's on your, I should probably play it if I'm going to call myself a gamer list. Yep. But it's just a cool game. It's, It's basically you get it out and it looks like a train game or something with kind of steampunky art. And you basically have a map of Germany, a map of the United States, and uh, you're buying basically transformers or rights to sell electricity into these towns. The more towns you can fire, the more money you're going to make. And it scales up pretty well that you're going to, you really want to grow fast. And uh, it's, you're balancing the fact that you need to have like transformers or presence in these cities and connections between them. With the fact that you have to basically off the board in front of you in the kind of a tableau, you have to have a generator that generates electricity. But then beyond that, you're balancing it with the idea that you have to have resources. So this game's basically your classic awesome auction game. Um, I would say it's my one of my favorite auction games that's heavier. It's really neat because at one point in the game, you're going to get to the point where you the, the victory conditions in the game are like... If you can fire 13 cities, or I don't exactly remember the numbers, it gets different with different player counts, but if you can fire a certain number of cities, then at that point, the game ends in that round. But usually the person who fires more cities is the one that wins. So like, basically you're trying to figure out how can I get enough power that I can have surplus beyond this this minimum you know, in-game condition, but not spend so much money that I can't pay for more connections into other cities to make them fire as well. And then beyond that, you have to buy basically resources to to make your generators fire. Then adding another layer of kind of depth and thinking on it too, is that early in the game, coal is super cheap. You can buy coal for almost nothing and you make early electricity with it. And, um, and, and then as the game goes on, 
some of the other resources become much cheaper. So you can get like uranium later in the game. And that becomes a really, really economic way to, um, you know, because basically as the market fills up and people aren't buying things, it gets cheaper. There's more of a supply and less of a demand. Well, eventually at some point, trash is going to be worth like, like nothing. And you're going to be able to buy a ton of trash and use a trash incinerator that converts the trash energy, the burning trash into electricity and, and all these different resources you're balancing to try and like find the most economic way to do it. And it's really kind of a, a neat way to like, you, you basically play other players. Like you're trying to figure out what's Jason doing? What generator does he want? If I let him buy it at this price, is that going to let him run away with, you know, having this super efficient machine that he's doing? Through it? So I don't need to like try and jack the price up. But if I end up winning it, is it going to hurt me? So it's just got a lot of really layers of like interesting thinking in it. Um, and it's, it used to be considered a pretty heavy game and it still is kind of a heavy game as far as like a lot of the thinking you have to do. Mechanically, it's not too heavy at all. Um, so I believe there might be another edition of this one coming out. I heard a rumor of that, that they're going to try and not deluxify it, but kind of put out like, uh, I don't know, maybe a nicer looking or updated version of the original game. Not that silly. Um, when they put out a couple years ago that people didn't really enjoy because the board was kind of, kind of weird and stuff like that. So that was power grid. Um, I really like it. There's a ton of boards for it too. I've only played on the original boards, but it's a game that, man, if you're into auction games and kind of like figuring out how to do economics and balance different elements of a game, it's, it's really neat. And I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. Someday I will play this. I do feel like I need to play it, but there's just always other things I want to play. Yeah. Well, and then like we have that weird, like. I don't know. Our, this is our baby that we record this podcast and we love our baby, but at the same time, our baby cries at night and wakes us up. <laughs> so, I mean, like we always are kind of pushing ourselves to have to try and play newer stuff that, you know, we want to talk to you guys about and keep, keep on the front edge of, you know, knowing what's going on with Euro games in particular. It's kind of our thing. So playing an older game like this is sometimes really gratifying and fun, but like it keeps us from playing something newer that people might be more interested in hearing, which is like a really, it just is, it's a sad reality that we have to think that way, but we do. So that's the only game I'm going to talk about this week, Jason. Uh, did you have something else you want to talk about? I do. I played another older game as well. It's actually a game that I got from you when you were doing a purge and it's one, yeah. one of the, like, I think I have one Reiner Knizia game and this is the one. And this game is Hollywood blockbuster. So weird that's a Kinesia game. Yeah, it really is. Like, this game is, I, I really like it. I know you're not super fond of it because you said your group doesn't love it. But basically, this is an auction game, for those of you that don't know. You're, you're auctioning to get actors, sound effects, directors to make these movies. And as you fill up your movie, your movie scripts or whatever, your movie tiles with certain pieces, once they're full, you're going to score some points based on the amount of stars that are on that that movie. You're going to get trophies if you're the first person to complete a comedy or a drama. Whoever has the best movie at the end of the game gets some points. Whoever has the worst movie gets some points. So you're also trying to get like a real dog of a movie. Um, it's, I enjoy it. The auctions are silly because everyone splits the winnings evenly. So it kind of like pays you maybe to sit out a few so you can get some more cash and then really stick it to people later. My group has a good time with it. I really like it. So it's been rethemed. I actually think there was a retheming that came out Last year at Essen, maybe it was in Spanish, but it has actual like real actors. Uh, it looks really nice. This one doesn't look too good. It's like a bunch of purple and yellow, but yeah. I still enjoy it. All the actors are like um, Quentin Tarantula and S yeah. um, Steven Westberg or whatever. You know, you can tell who they are, but yeah, I can't say their Tom name. Tom Bruce. Yeah. I mean, like stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's 
the Keanu Reeves knockoff character that's worth negative points, which I think is hilarious. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's definitely dated. A lot of the stars in it are like, you know, like Warren Beatty and stuff like that. But it's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of cool. And it's I mean, like it's campy. It's fun to be like, hey, I made Jaws. It's not called Jaws, it's called the big shark that <laughs> ate people. Yeah. But like I made Jaws and it's starring, you know, like uh it's it's starring uh uh Al Pacino and uh in Madonna, you know, I mean, like, it's just a funny, funny thing. Um, but then like the auctions on it are really clever. I think the way how the auctions work, how you're trying to jack people's prices up, but you have to still again say like, Hey, is this worth it? If I do win it? Cause you want that auction to get high. Cause you make more money if the auction goes really high, you know? So I mean, it's like, right. yeah, it's, it's kind of a really interesting auction <laughs> mechanism for sure. We were all passing and then like egging people on to bid each other up <laughs> so we could split stuff evenly instead of having stuff left on the board for next round. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, exactly. It was fun. It's a silly, stupid game, but I like it. Yeah. No, it's, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's, it's fine. Um, it's one of the ugliest games I think I've ever owned. It's like a, a purple box <laughs> with like is. terrible, like they got some guy from Atlantic <laughs> city who does like caricatures to come in and do the art for him. You know, it is awful. Oh man. It really is. <laughs> I wonder if that game haunted, haunts uh, Dr. Kinesian in his sleep. Like, I can't believe I made that. What was I thinking? I don't know. But, I mean, it has, like, a whole bunch of different versions, like Dream Factory and all that, that look way yeah. nicer. But I like this one because oh, yeah. it looks horrible. <laughs> well, it's I think that purple box one is the one people really like because it's got, like, the campy, weird stuff in it, you know? Right, yeah. Um, I'll say this. Man, this might be true. Well, shot and totten. If you, if you told me I need to go play a Kinesia game... It might be that one, and I'm not really still even that fond of that game. So, says a lot about Hollywood blockbuster. Says even more about Dr. <laughs> Kinesia. So, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say through the desert's okay. I may play that one too. That one's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, uh, fun, man. I I just haven't had a chance to play as much stuff as I'd like. Um, on my on my to playlist is just quite a bit of stuff. Uh, Spirit Island. Hopefully, I'll get that played by next week. So, uh, we'll see. See if that's all the all the rage that people say it is, you know, all the fun of killing people, settling on Catan or whatever. I don't know what it's supposed to be. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, uh, what we're going to talk about today is games that we like that we shouldn't like. For example, um, say I loved games that were a Marathrash. But then I had this super dry Euro game that I really loved. That would be something I put on the list. That's not mine. That was just an example because I didn't want to spoil anything. So games we shouldn't like, but we have a great time playing. And yeah, we'll just leave it yeah. at that. You'd be surprised I love this game kind of things. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can call it exceptions to the rule or whatever. But the Dice Tower said that, so I'm not going to rip them off. So games we shouldn't like, but we do is what I'm saying. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, the name of our last episode uh, had people emailing Tom. And <laughs> if you did get any emails, Tom, sorry, I guess. <laughs> I doubt it, but sorry. I don't think that this is really email. That's why I put it like that. I'll tell you what. This is my peace offering to you, Tom Vassell. We, okay, fine. We'll join your network. We'll join your network. It's fine. <laughs> That's our peace offering. Yeah, he's been begging and pleading for like a year. I know it's it's embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> All right, do you want to go first on this, or do you want me to go first? Uh sure, I'll go first. Uh, right. My number, my number one game, Jason, on this is gonna be one that has uh, quite a, a combination of uh, 
of things going on in it. It is dice chucking. It is horses. And it is moving things around an oval. Um, so <laughs> roll and move. This, All right. This is the dumbest game in the world, but I love it so much. It's called Homestretch. It's by R&R Games. Uh, it's basically like a dice rolling version of, I mean, it is a dice rolling version of Downforce. So it's just completely 100% random. And like in some ways you can kind of try and bet and play the odds, but like really there's no reason why <laughs> like you just, there's no reason to bet on certain stuff. And it, like the, the amount of like leads it gives certain horses. So like at some point, like uh, the 12, for example, we'll say if you roll the 12, move this horse up, not just one or two slots, which is the normal amount of movement, move it up six out of the eight slots so that it's like near the finish line. <laughs> if you roll that, and it's the most absurd thing ever. And you're betting on these uh, horses. And like it, every time I play it, people get so enthralled in this dumb game. They're like yelling for their horses. They're like, even the most staunch Euro games I gamers I play with like laugh at it and think it's funny. Um, but it really is a trash game, but I just love it. I mean, like there's no reason to like it. It's basically like playing craps or something. I mean, like it's just a real fun gets that gambling center in my brain going. So that's home stretch by R&R games. Just really like this game as dumb as it is. Yeah. I need to try this cause you have it and Jim and Kim have it and it seems so dumb, but it sounds like it would be fun to play for sure. L- let me tell you something, Jason. It is really dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I was picking up on that. <laughs> but it's just so stinking fun. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, I think you can activate your lizard brain, let that adrenaline just flow through there and just take over. I don't know. So home stretch, that was mine. That's cool. Yeah. Um, mine are not that dumb, but they're definitely out of my norm. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the first appearance of Simon. Because I don't normally like CMON games unless they're Euros. But this one has minis. It has, it's kind of mean. Uh, it has some negotiation, which I also don't love. And that game is Dogs of War. Um, yeah, to be fair, that's a pretty dumb game, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It's essentially tug of war. So you're playing cards on one side of this battle or the other to try to pull the little war token in your direction to make your house win. And you're going to do that by playing different powers of cards. You're going to place a little mini that is absurdly big um, <laughs> on these these spots and collect the items that you pick up. You're going to get points if you're on the winning side for every person who's on the losing side. Um, you may stab your wife in the back by playing a betrayal card when you were on her side, and then you oh, jump so you jump to the other side. Yeah, it, it's super mean though. Like I think every single time I play this game, I get mad, and I still like it because I don't really like games that have a lot of that stuff going on, but I do like this one for some reason. It's mean, but you get forgiven within like seconds of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, like, because you jump into the next thing. There's no time to stay mad. So, I mean, that makes it really cool, I think. Yeah. The other thing, you talked about those minis, the like pink ladies with hats. Oh, yeah. Like you put one of those <laughs> on the board and you're like, okay, I can't see the rest of the board now. Like, what do the rest of the spots look like? It's they're really poorly designed yeah. minis, honestly. But it, yeah. It definitely shouldn't be minis because the board is not, no. the spaces are not big enough for that pink girl for sure. Like, it, right. it's horrible. I, I mean, like, seriously, I I don't have a problem with minis for the most part. I'm not Jason. Um, but I personally would probably be like, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll get some cubes for this one <laughs> and like seriously consider that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, cool. That was a good pick, Jason. But I, I really like that game too, but I don't think it's super out of the ordinary for me. Yeah, so, it's definitely more in your wheelhouse probably than mine. Yeah, I I don't mind 
talking mean games. And that's what that one is, a talking mean game. <laughs> yep. All right. The next game is a Japanese game with crazy weird art. Like it has animals that look like they're from Minecraft slash my nightmares. Um, it's really simple. It's a dumb game. Put a little cardboard shit out and hope no one else picked what you picked and then make your pigs grow. <laughs> and like, it doesn't make any sense that I love this game so much, but I love happy pigs. It just hits the right notes for me and I can't explain it. It's one of those games that's just like, um, well, you buy like love charms to make more pigs. And then like, if the love charms work, then you, <laughs> you like also can vaccinate the pigs so they can live through winter and summer, <laughs> which I, because when the seasons change, they get smallpox. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Just play the game. It's fun. Um, it's just, it really is a fun game. Almost everyone I've played it with thinks it's at least fine. Um, but it's all about just like, Fitting stuff into space, it has kind of a spatial element, which I normally don't like in games. Um, it has like a money management type thing, and it has a bit of luck that you're trying to hopefully pick things that no one else is picking so you can maximize your your actions um, by being unique in your selection. Just a fun little game. And then it looks like a kid's game, or it looks like Minecraft, but they put like oversized weird noses and ears on these voxel pigs or something. And the farmer looks like Mario's grandpa, but like Mario's grandpa if he was really frustrated with losing his pig, I, like, and then he's chasing a pig on the front, which there's nothing to do with chasing pigs in the game, but I don't know. It's, and then and, and if you want to find a copy of happy pigs at your local shop, I'm going to say you're probably going to look in the children's games because most people think it's a children's game. So, <laughs> um, but it's a really good game. I really enjoy it. Pretty unique, pretty different. Um, but it's just, I can't explain why I like it, honestly. Yeah. I like that game too. And it's funny that you're talking about it because there was just an episode of, uh, one of the dice tower where they were talking about his favorite expansions. Tom was, and one of his favorite expansion, one of his favorite promos, I should say, are for Happy Pigs that different animals, yeah, that absolutely do nothing, right? And that what you said, right? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> they do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I kind of need to pick this like, game to up. Be fair, yeah, it's like five bucks, man. Like, and you get like triple the animals or something. So like, you can seriously buy this expansion for five bucks, and you triple the amount of different animals you have in the game. But then it's like, why is the game 40 bucks if like you can triple the amount of stuff in it for five bucks? So yeah. I guess some designer had to get paid somehow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what you're paying for. And I mean, it, it is kind of cute looking. So at least it looks nice. Yeah, except for the nightmare pigs. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. So going back to Simon for me, uh, this is another game that I've been playing a ton of. I don't even know why, but. I enjoy it a lot, and that is The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. And this is a couple things going for it. It's Eric Lang. I like none of his games outside of this one. Dice Masters is okay. Um, and this has minis. It has area control. It has gunning people down so you can steal their spaces, killing them off the area majority spaces, stealing their money. It's super mean, like so mean. You get a whole bunch of money in your suitcase. Someone comes along and steals it all from you by doing one stupid job. Or they bring in the mayor and or the, a drive-by or a car bomb and they blow up everybody in this one location. Yeah, it, it's a super fun game, but it's really mean. So that's why I had to put it on this list because I don't normally play games like this, but I've been loving on this one. So Godfather Corleone's Empire. Well, that's a little surprising, but I knew you loved it quite a bit. And when you proposed the topic, you said... For example, me and Godfather. So I kind of thought it was my like, the list, but yeah. 
Um, yep. This one's cool. I I uh, I would have wished that I could have grabbed one of those bargain copies from you know TJ Maxx or something, but alas, I I I failed. Um, but it's still a bargain in different places too. And I mean, it's crazy because it's got some pretty broad appeal. I mean, uh, the Amerithrash guys, I'm going to say Thrash and Jason, like the staunch Euro guy, both kind of think this game's all right. And it didn't get a ton, a ton, a ton of buzz for very long. It kind of was hot when it first came out, but then it seems like it dropped off pretty quick after that. I don't know. So yep. very cool. Good pick, Jason. Interesting. Have you played this? Uh, I have not. I've, I've seen people play it. So like, dude, you should play it. It's I gotta, super. I got a good feel for it. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, good. Yeah, I know, but it seems so mean. Like I get so mad when I like work hard to do something, <laughs> and then it's like, hey, guess what? This dude played a lucky card he got, and now you get to start over. You yeah, know? I mean, like, it, that feels bad to me. It is mean, but you can you can f- make it better. You can go blow them up later or shoot them later. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Jason, this is really out of characteristic for you because Jason's game night. We're gonna start off with the axe, move into uh, <laughs> to co- into commissioned, and then we're gonna play a little Godfather. <laughs> yep. Too much saving, more killing. Yeah. Well, my last <laughs> one, Jason. Um, in the last episode, I said I don't like legacy games. Um, just straight up said I don't like legacy games, and that was one of my peeves. And uh, I said it could leave, and I wouldn't care. Um, you know what else I don't like, Jason? I don't like programming in games. Like I don't like games like Robo Rally where you do programming. It's not my favorite thing, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. I just I can't think ahead like that and do very well. And then someone screws up my pattern by bumping into my robot or whatever, and it just makes me upset. So I don't care for that. And then I don't like games that take forever to set up, and I don't like games that have like a billion minis in them. Um, so all that said, my last game is Mechs versus Minions. I just love this stupid game that is all three of those things. It's kind of a legacy game where you unpack these different missions. You are doing programming to try and get these guys to move the way you want to move them. I'm not super hype on drafting either, and it's a drafting game. So um, it's just fun, though, because it's still just silly, goofy, whatever. And you see all these little minions coming out on the board. And as the game goes on and you power things up, you start just like literally taking out 20, 30 of them at a time. And you feel really powerful. It's really fun. It's kind of a neat experience to go through with other people. And I guess that the fact that it's co-op, which again, I'm not super huge into, but with all those other elements makes it more tolerable for me. And I really do enjoy this game. Um, Mechs versus Minions. It doesn't hurt that I love League of Legends and play that game a ton, but um, I don't know. This is one that's just pretty fun. Uh, Mechs versus Minions. Yeah, definitely not one I would play, but it was pretty popular for like five minutes there for a while. Yeah. It was. And now no one. And it's still talked about <laughs> for being like a great value. Right. That's true. Yeah. You get a ton of stuff in that box for like 70 bucks or something. Right. It's insane. Right. Yep. If uh, if Splatter put that game out, it'd be $10,000. <laughs> that's true. And all the minis would be made out of cheap cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> Cereal boxes. Yep. Oh, Splatter. Oh, man. Man, I, you know what? I'm not going to throw him Jade because like I want to own other games. So... Oh yeah. yeah, I'd like to play one of their games. They're just a hundred dollars. It's just kidding, Splatter. I hate you, and you need to change my mind by sending me a copy of Antiquity. <laughs> I want to play that um, Zimbabwe. That's that's the one that I'm mm. interested in. I've got Indonesia that's on my shame shelf, and then I do on Food Chain Magnate, and those are both really good games. But those are my typical kinds of games, not Max versus Minions, which is completely atypical. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. All right, so moving on from a big box of minis and legacy. I'm moving on to a speed party game. 
One, I don't really like party games. Bonanza. I knew it was going to make a good job, Jason. <laughs> no, that, I'm not embarrassed of that one. I love that game. Uh, but yeah, I shouldn't like You're right. You're right. But it's not Bonanza. Uh, so what this this game is Ghost Blitz. So it's a speed game and pattern recognition, I guess. Sort of. You're flipping a card and you're trying to figure out what's on the card, what's exactly on the card by these four little wooden pieces, like a ghost, a chair, a mouse, a bottle, and I think a book, and they all have a color. So you're looking at this card to see what color is missing, or you're looking at the card to see if the item is exactly there. So say I flip a card and there's a green bottle. Well, there's a green bottle on the table, and I have to be the first person to grab that. And you're trying to play through the whole deck, whoever has the most cards is the winner. I think that's the rule about the scoring. I don't know. I just play through the deck's gone. I hate speed games. I don't like party games, but for some reason, I really enjoy this stupid game. So I had to put it on the list, and that's Ghost Blitz. That's you just you just gave the weirdest description of this game I have ever heard. I just know I always play with the ones with the plows on the back, and then like you know, like you like sort through the cards and like Dutch Blitz, right? That's what you're talking no, about. Ghost Blitz. <laughs> Not Dutch. I was just Blitz. yanking your chain there, but I was gonna say seriously, you thought I was talking about Dutch Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> no okay that would be pretty odd characteristic for you to like though i actually do kind of like that game it's just like a normal card game yeah um this one's kind of cool because it comes with like a little box of toys it's like clue on steroids <laughs> kind of it seems like yeah like with those little manipulatives you know i mean like that's kind of cool if it's the game i'm thinking of like this is this the one that has like a bunch of little like random just like toy kind of things on the table when you play it? yeah it's like a wooden ghost there's a wooden chair a bottle a book and a mouse and you're, yeah. you're trying to grab one, be the first person to grab one of those things correctly. Because if you get it wrong, you have to give the person who gets it right one of your Ooh. cards. So, yeah, it's recognition and speed, which I don't like either of that. But this game, for some reason, I really like. The other thing that makes this one surprising is this seems like a game that your wife would be really good at. And, like, I don't know. You don't like playing games your wife's really good at sometimes, it seems. I know. I think I'm actually better at this one. That's why I like it, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I took it to church camp last year, and I was just dominating everybody. So th- this guy from our church ended up buying the game, and he came back another night, and he just whooped all over me. <laughs> <laughs> he won back his money. Yeah. We were betting on ghosts at church camp, like like you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, well, cool. Yeah. That's that's uh, This is a fun list, I guess. It was the anti-last episode where we talk about things that are great that are surprisingly great and not making people cry because we <laughs> don't like their things they love. Oh. Yep. That's true. So, all right, cool, cool. Uh, next week we're going to talk about our top three favorite rainbows. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then followed that with our favorite ice cream and unicorns. So the new brighter side of the board game mechanics coming to you in 2019. Yeah. Let's do favorite. My little pony characters. I'm all in on that. Derpy hooves. <laughs> I like. Say I'm wrong. I, I like Big Mac. <laughs> Don't get me started, man. You, I'm all about it. You have you have two little girls living in your house. <laughs> I do. If that's I true. <laughs> don't. And dude, this, Rainbow Dash, etc. That cartoon is hilarious. So that's that's it all is I got to say. Good. <laughs> Did you ever play the 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 trading card game? No, I haven't played that, but I saw it, and I'm trying to talk Katie into starting a campaign of the RPG. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> like you'd actually play that? I would. I told her I would play it if she started one. 
How did this not make your top three like games that are surprising that you'd love to Because I haven't played it. I would. I haven't uh, yeah, yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I played it, right. it would be number one for sure. Coming in 2020 <laughs> when you do this list again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I played the living card game or trading card game. And I mean, it didn't make this list because I'm pretty sure it doesn't surprise anyone. <laughs> so anyway. Does it play like magic? I, he, well, I mean, you're trying to be a good friend, and uh, I, I guess it's the theme on magic that you're planting trees so you can uh, help shade your friends. I don't know. That's funny. Uh, well, cool. Uh, this episode brought to you by Bronies. Yes, for sure. We'll we'll uh, see you at the cons, Bronies. <laughs> well, cool. I I think I'm out of gas, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that all that My Little Pony talk is. I well. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just lied to you, Jason. I want to go play the little little pony card game. So, <laughs> yeah, I need to go watch some episodes. Cool. What's the little guy's name? That's like the like precocious little lizard man who gets in trouble all the time. The dragon, like Spanky or something. I think I don't it's remember his name right Spiky. Now. Spike. Yes. Spike. Yeah. Just Spike. Spike. Right? Yeah. 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 Just Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The best character is uh, Weird Al Yankovic is Cheese Sandwich. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He plays the accordion too. It's awesome. So uh, it, it'll be really bittersweet when this episode has like a thousand listens, <laughs> like this week, and people are like, "More Brony talk." <laughs> yeah, actually, it'll just be sweet because I don't mind talking about My Little Pony. It's now that it's not a weird fad. It, it holds up. It really does. So it does. Whatever. I agree. All right. Well, cool. I've been Jason, and I love My Little Pony a ton. <laughs> and I'm Joel. And I'm the king of the bronies. Uh, we're just goofing, you guys. <laughs> I'm Joel. He's Jason. Whatever. Yeah. Keep keep gaming. Keep gaming. <laughs>